everybody. This is Cody here with Drew Code Sports Talk coming at you with a brand new episode. This one is a solo episode, unfortunately. Drew is in the middle of finals. It's his last week of school. So, of course, he's got some finals he's got to take and he's got to study for. So he is cramming as much as he can in at the last minute. And, of course, uh, he is preparing for a big move that he's kind of been sharing with us off and on. And uh, so they're at the home stretch right now. And so they're really trying to get out. Uh, at the deadline that they have set themselves up for. So they are in the middle of that. So Drew will not be joining us this week. It is just me. But nevertheless, I will have a pretty full episode for you guys. I will still have some Raider talk for you guys along along with uh, my top five NFL storylines of week 13 that just happened as we are about to start week 14. So without further ado, guys, let's get started. But before we do, do not forget to subscribe to the podcast. Please like and share and give us a follow also on our Instagram Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, all of our social media page. Go ahead and give us a like or a follow or share us with some anybody uh, with anybody else that we'd be interested in listening to our show. We'd love to, you know, get a new audience and love to he- interact with you guys and uh, hope that you guys are sharing us with whoever you think would like us. Um, and then also to do not forget to visit our partners, FNX Fit, Fanatics.com, and also SeatGeek2. If you guys are interested in any of those uh, discounts or any using any of our sponsors, there's uh, links in the description below to go ahead and get their products to help support us to support them. So, All right, you guys. So as I mentioned at the top of the show, it is just me this week. Drew is probably listening just like everybody else and probably critiquing me right now on uh, my topics, but that's okay. So the first question I'm going to lead us off with you guys, it's regarding the Raiders. Of course, the Raiders did defeat a divisional opponent. It was the Chargers on Sunday. Uh, They won in a really surprising fashion. They looked like they um, controlled the game. They moved the ball really well. Their defense showed up and gave Justin Herbert some problems. Um, obviously, of course, in the fourth quarter, the Chargers were uh, making a, a a little bit of a run to get back into it, but you know it didn't uh, it didn't work in their favor as the Raiders did win ultimately. Um, but you know we that it make, that makes the third win for the Raiders since Derek Carr cried at the podium podium excuse me uh, from a t- heartbreaking loss against the Colts, and uh, you know of course as Raiders fans. Um, and I'm sure Raider Nation is probably wondering too, uh, you know, will the Raiders make a wild card spot? And I think, you know, I think it's normal for them to to have this thought, have this opinion, have that uh, belief that they might. I mean, three game winning streak and our seat in our uh, schedule still looks a little bit favorable. Um, but unfortunately, in my opinion, I don't know if the Raiders are going to be able to going to be able to make the final wild card spot and here's why you have the jets who are arguably you know probably going to get in they have a really good defense the offense uh it comes and goes they've gone through a lot of injury but yet that team is well coached and they're just by some happenstance they're still winning games and they're still in a better position to get a wild card spot so i think it'll be really hard for the raiders to get past the jets um, chargers are again, one of those teams that has a wild card spot. I don't see the chargers continuing any sort of losing streak. I think that they will pull it out and sneak into one of the wild cards It, you know, they have gone through a, a huge injury bug 
and uh, I know that they are still persevering through it, so I have no doubt that they will turn it around. But uh, that's another team that the Raiders would have to essentially fight for a spot against. Another one is the Patriots. Um, you know, the Patriots have been up and down all season. They have a, a stellar defense. Offense has been stagnant. They've also been kind of hit with an injury bug. Uh, you know, Matt Patricia is not running that offense very well, as I'm sure everyone has seen that viral video video of Mac Jones just completely unloading on Matt Patricia regarding, you know, the game plan and running the ball when they could be throwing the ball. Um, but that's another team that's really hard to, I mean, they're really well coached. So it'd be really difficult to just say that they are going to just fold. I mean, they could, I'm not saying that they won't, um, the Patriots are just a team that has a, obviously a hall of fame coach and Bill Belichick leading them. And uh, by all accounts, they, they might sneak in. Um, you know, I just think that the Raiders have put themselves in a position this season with basically having as of right now, like a 5% chance of getting into the playoffs. Um, you know, Patriots arguably are the weaker of those three teams. I just listed off to where the Raiders can maybe, leapfrog to get in but here's another thing that the Raiders have to do they essentially have to win out and what I mean by that is the following games that they have left is against the Rams the Patriots Niners and the Chiefs uh, if they did win out by some way they would end the season at 10 and 7 which is what we ended last season um, which by all accounts should help us get into that final or one of the wild card spots but here's the thing I mean Yes, I am a diehard Raiders fan. I do want them to win. Is it possible? Yes. But I still don't know how well our defense is going to keep up with how it's been playing. I mean, it played well the last two games. Um, but, you know, when we face a team like the Niners, who, yes, they have, um, you know, Brock Purdy, who's going to be filling in for Jimmy G. They still also have an elite defense that the Raiders are going to have to go against. And then also there's the Chiefs. The Chiefs might be fighting for the number one seed for a bye week in the playoffs and we'll have you know um a lot riding on that game um and that could be the game that gets the Raiders out of playoff contention or the Niners you know I think the Raiders have a really good shot at at beating the Rams and the Patriots or at least one of those two but in my opinion the Raiders would have to win out against the final four games that they have in order to basically clinch a, a position and I don't know if they are going to be able to do that. So that's why I'm not, I'm not really siding on them getting into the wild card just because they've got a huge uphill battle to go through to make that happen. And I just, you know, it didn't help that they started off one and four, you know, some of the games that, you know, I know that Drew and I both believe that we should have won, um, you know, should have gone our way, but you know, I, I'd like to think that we're at a point where we might be able to turn it around, but to get into the wild card, I think, is a lot to ask for, considering, you know, we got on a three-game winning streak. We're this close to getting to 500, and, you know, still new system. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm optimistic that we got players that are coming back. I just don't know if it's enough, and also our defense. I don't know if our defense can maintain its uh, – uh, how well it's been playing the last couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, we'll find out when we go against a team like, you know, the Patriots that have a really good run game. We'll find out when we go against the Niners, that have Chris McCaffrey and a handful of other weapons or against the Chiefs. Those That's always a tough opponent for us. So I'm just going to say, I don't know if the Raiders are going to sneak into a wild card, but, you know, 
definitely those that in Raider Nation are probably optimistic that it could happen just because of where our position is at. So, all right, guys. So I'm going to touch on quickly just a couple of notable baseball signings that I know that happened. And this is totally unplanned. I did not plan to do this, but this is kind of just on the fly. But I know for a fact that <laughs> Drew was not happy to hear that Aaron Judge is going back to the Yankees. Nine years, 360 million or something like that. Astronomical number. Um, I know that he was hoping, everyone basically was saying that Aaron Judge was going to come home. He didn't. He stayed in New York. And uh, it sucks for the Giants, but we'll see what happens. Drew did want to pass off to me, though, that, uh, you know, if he, if Judge did not come home, uh, a plan B that he hopes that the uh, that he hopes that the Giants are doing is trying to get Carlos Correa, uh, definitely resign uh, Carlos Rondon, um, and then maybe go after Sammy Bogarts or another outfielder. I don't know what outfielder is available that he would want, but you know, it was a very sad day for Drew <laughs> to say the least. He was definitely hoping that Aaron Judge would come home and. Uh, did not happen, and uh, it's just been a crazy baseball offseason. I can't wait till he's back next week to give us his thoughts and opinions on it because I know that there's been a lot of breaking news. So that's the only thing about baseball I'm going to talk about real quick, and that was totally unplanned. So I forgive me for if it sounded really out of place, but I couldn't help but avoid that. So, All right, guys, so I'm going to go ahead and give my top five storylines for week 13. So at number five, it's the Niners lose Jimmy G for the rest of the season. Well, actually, for the rest of the regular season, uh, there's a new report where uh, Niners said that Jimmy G could be back for a late uh, postseason run. So then the question is, uh, are the Niners' chances of uh, winning the Super Bowl or getting to the Super Bowl over? Um, you know, I'm going to be short and sweet regarding this. I think that the Niners were probably one of two teams that were the closest to being able to compete in the nfc for a super bowl berth uh you know obviously eagles are one of them i think the niners were one you know i'll talk about it a little bit but i think the cowboys are another team that's a serious contender in the nfc um you know i do think though that this injury to jimmy g does change a lot for the 49ers we'll see if brock prudy can um you know, play clean football to where he's like a game manager, just doesn't turn the ball over, runs the plays, runs the offense, and, you know, make sure that you, you know, get the ball to your weapons and, and don't try to be a hero. I do think that the Niners could still be a playoff team because they do have an elite defense, as I mentioned earlier. Obviously, they still have Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, I mean, they again, that defense basically completely won them the game against the Dolphins, shut down that offense that looked unstoppable for majority of the season. Um, you know, but I do think it does say something, though, that the Niners will need a veteran presence like Jimmy G that kind of knows this offense inside and out, can help command it. I know that a lot of people like to, you know, badmouth Jimmy G, that he doesn't help them get, an o get them over the hump. But, I mean, Last season, he almost got them to the Super Bowl. A couple of seasons ago, he did get them to the Super Bowl. And, you know, a lot of people like to make the argument that he missed a throw, which cost him a Super Bowl. But, you know, he Jimmy G has helped the Niners stay competitive in the NFC for a lot of years. And, uh, you know, I do think that Kyle Shanahan will get the most out of Brock Prudy to, you know, help still maintain a winning 
uh, still maintain the Niners to win in the NFC, but I don't know if the, if the Niners are Super Bowl champions, that's uh, a little far fetched to say, I think, um, or not Super Bowl champions, but contenders, um, or even a chance to get to the Super Bowl. I think that's all gone now, unless Jimmy G comes back at the right time, but also it just super depends on playoff seating when it comes to the NFC. Cause I know that that is getting really interesting with some of the teams out there now. We are supported by FNX Fit. FNX is a workout and supplement company that is committed to creating innovative supplements of the highest quality. FNX has high quality protein powders, creatine, and pre-workout supplements. FNX has also got amazing workout gear such as tees and tanks, an essential joggers line, and of course, shaker bottles. Not only is FNX Fit selling great products, but they have an even better message. FNX has launched their live program with every FNX order They are donating a portion of each product bought and helping deliver clean drinking water in countries of need. Go to the special link in the description below and use our promo code DREWCODE15 to get 15% off your purchase when you use our link. And don't forget, we become greater when we rise together. So storyline number four for me is... Uh, Deshaun Watson makes his season debut against Cleveland. I don't have the stats in front of me. I think he went like 12 of 21, 131 yards. I don't think he threw a touchdown. Um, you know, if I had to summarize it, he looked awful. Um, you know, he looked like a guy that hadn't played football in two years. Fortunately, he played against the Texans, his former team. So they don't have the greatest team. So, you know, it's not like it, you know, he played any competitive team that was you know it's not like it was the Ravens or uh shoot even Pittsburgh um you know he will have a tougher test uh I think this Sunday he's going against uh the Bengals and I'm you know I'm not a Bengals fan but I'm really hoping that they get to Deshaun Watson and make it a little bit difficult for him because I'm not his I'm not Deshaun Watson's biggest fan as uh I've stated several times on this show but you know, Deshaun Watson will probably, it'll take him a couple of weeks to get, you know, his, uh, get his sea legs back. I imagine that the remaining of the season is pretty much his preseason to get used to the offense, get used to, you know, the connection with, you know, Amari Cooper, uh, you know, David Njoku, any of those other players. This is probably his opportunity to kind of get familiar with them. I, I am kind of concerned though with, uh, with Stefanski's, um, position. I don't, I mean, I, I I don't know how bad this team is going to finish towards the end of the season. Um, you know, it we may be talking if uh, Stefanski is on the hot seat just with how everything had played out the last few seasons with uh, Baker Mayfield, uh, you know, having Odell and then trading him to the Rams, turning them into an instant Super Bowl contender, um, you know, and then. I don't know, just this this Browns are doing Browns things. You would think that they have learned and are turning a page in their in their franchise, and they're not. And, you know, Deshaun Watson's debut just kind of showed that this is the most Cleveland move. And, uh, you know, we'll see the rest of the season how this plays out. But, I mean, Deshaun Watson returning doesn't mean anything regarding, like, the Browns making a playoff push. They're, they're not getting anywhere near the playoffs. They, maybe next year if Deshaun Watson kind of – shake enough rust off to get some confidence after this season, but I don't see them getting into the playoffs at all. So, all right. Storyline number three, obviously talking about Cowboys just absolutely dominated the Colts. They, uh, uh, Cowboys had a victory of 54 or 55, excuse me, to 19 
over the Colts. I think this says more about the Colts just imploding on themselves in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, I think I think the honeymoon phase of having Jeff Saturday as this, uh, you know, interim head coach, surprising head coach who had an emotional victory against the Raiders his first week. And, uh, you know, I think that was more or less like the Raiders were probably that was rock bottom for the Raiders and the Colts just so happened to get us at just at the right time. And, uh, you know, it gave them false confidence because now the last two games, the Colts have fallen short. I mean, did they keep up with the Cowboys a little bit in this game? Yeah, they did until Cowboys blew the doors open. And some of that was offense and, you know, majority that was also on the defensive side. And there's absolutely no doubt that, uh, you know, the Colts helped that lead expand just by how they quit on themselves. It looked like in the in the fourth quarter of that game. But. You know, you can't also deny that the Cowboys defense just looks absolutely insane. Uh, I know that Drew is a huge fan of Micah Parsons, of, you know, him being an MVP candidate. Uh, we did have somebody in our comments of our YouTube video about uh, our, you know, top five MVP candidates. And spoiler spoiler alert, Drew had Micah Parsons as number one. And somebody put on the comment, well, what about Nick Bosa then, since you have Mark, Micah Parsons on there? So Drew will have to answer for that. But you know, there's no doubt that Micah Parsons is the anchor, the heart, everything to that defense that gives them, uh, you know, that life, that energy to make those stops, to make those plays, um, you know, and to have a the Cowboys just have a defense that just creates a lot of turnovers and extra opportunities for the offense to score. And I mean, Dak Prescott is not throwing 400, 400 yards every game anymore, but, you know, they're efficient. They're running the ball. Um you know, they're doing what they can to be productive and put points when needed, whether it's on a field goal or scoring touchdowns. And, you know, thankfully, when they get out to enough of a lead or, you know, down the stretch, they have a defense to rely on to help, you know, to help make stops when needed. Um, you know, I will say that Cowboys are probably one of the teams that are the biggest threat in the NFC. I mean, like I mentioned earlier, the, the Cowboys the Niners and the Eagles are probably like the three most dangerous teams in the NFC that can probably will probably represent the NFC in the Super Bowl one way or the other. One of those three teams will probably do it just because they all have something in common. They're they're all great at defense and they have enough weapons and quarterbacks that well, minus the, minus the Niners right now, but also have quarterbacks that could um, deliver the ball when needed. And, you know, they have offensive weapons that could, um, you know, that could give a slight spark and they can also move the ball. The only thing the Cowboys don't have for them is, I guess, you know, all they have is CD Lamb. They really don't have anybody else. And I know that they're in on the OBJ sweepstakes. And just recently there was a report that came out that, you know, OBJ is looking to sign kind of a longer term deal. Um, and, you know, I guess after meeting with OBJ, Cowboys a little bit more apprehensive because, you know, I guess his rehab just isn't going as fast or as as the timeline would suggest it was supposed to go. Uh, my opinion on this, just briefly, is I believe that OBJ should have been signed by some team that was interested in him months ago. Um, the reason why I'd say that is because in my opinion, in the NFL, obviously you want to get a player in that's that's super talented, um, but also too to just create that chemistry with the others in the locker room, get them introduced into your system. I get it; you don't want to put in millions of dollars into an investment of somebody who's injured who may not ever see the field. But 
you know, OBJ has been a free agent this entire time. I don't know what would have been the issue with the Cowboys signing him to whatever, a two or three year deal if they were really that interested back in October, maybe even beginning in November. Let him spend a few weeks into their system, their offensive program, get a, you know, a rapport with, you know, Dak Prescott, even though, you know, OBJ is in game time ready. I'm sure he's able to catch a couple of passes from Dak Prescott just in practice, just to, you know, kind of, you know, stay loose or in shape. And, uh, you know, my opinion is I sometimes things like this, I kind of wish teams would sign players that need to rehab sooner. So that way they can get in the system, create a rapport. And that way, when they're ready to go, there's no learning curve. So, but uh, if, if uh, OBJ signs with the Cowboys and he's what he was with the Rams, then the Cowboys could probably be the NFC favorite. But again, it's the Cowboys and Cowboys haven't been relevant in like 30 years in terms of winning a championship. So we'll see what happens. Cowboys always find a way to kind of get in, kind of get in their own way. So, and number four is of course, as everyone saw, the Bengals had defeated the chiefs. It's their third consecutive time beating the chiefs. Uh, one time was again, uh, in the playoffs that sent, uh, the Bengals into the Super Bowl last season. Um, and so I think this is very interesting because, Patrick Mahomes against everybody else is pretty much dominated except for the Bengals, which I find very interesting because I feel like the matchup between Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes is slowly becoming one of the most fun rivalries in all of football right now. And it's interesting because, you know, some teams, what they're doing with Patrick Mahomes is they're obviously playing uh, too high. So they're taking the, the, they're taking away the deep ball from Patrick Mahomes. So what he's been doing has been taking the intermediate routes, the flats, he's been taking the shorter passes. And it seemed like with the Bengals, he was so frustrated that he was trying to force the ball down the field. And of course it played right into the Bengals game plan. And, you know, it was a close game throughout. And then just Joe Burrow with poise delivering the ball when needed and just came out on top and made executed more, plays to get his team the victory and you know I just find that this this rivalry this competition is is very interesting and very exciting and I think the NFL has some gold on their hands here and I wouldn't be surprised if for several years somehow some way Bengals and and uh, Chiefs are somehow scheduled together to play <laughs> you know it'd be more like an annual thing now because uh, they are fun to watch especially now with the Bengals having the weapons that they do you know some people would argue that the Chiefs are a little bit more human just because they don't have Tyreek Hill but you know I could also say that there's been a lot of people that have said that they look better without Tyreek Hill so now we can't really use that excuse but for the most part they're looking good for the Bengals this looks absolutely huge I mean that's a huge confidence builder to go in to just beat a AFC favorite by all accounts I mean they're by most analysts, they're the Chiefs are probably AFC favorites to represent in the Super Bowl just because with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, and I think the Bengals defeating them for a third straight time, and it looks like they have gotten into Patrick Mahomes' head a little bit, just getting him to overthink certain situations. I think that's huge, especially as we're getting towards a final stretch of a playoff run. Um, you know, the Ravens have, you know, unfortunately been struck with an injury bug and losing Lamar Jackson for a couple of weeks to a PCL sprain. 
Um, and now this is the Bengals opportunity to take the division and see how many more wins that they can pull out. Uh, you know, I think what the Bengals struggle with sometimes is that they play down to their competition, but uh, if they just play their game, move that ball, get the ball to Jamar Chase and T Higgins and Tyler Boyd uh, to Joe Mixon, let their defense do their thing. I think that they could get some really good momentum leading into the playoffs. And, you know, again, I said this on a, on a couple of shows where I think that the Bengals are an AFC favorite, AFC sneaky favorite to get back to the Super Bowl just because they've been there. I think they're hungrier. And, you know, Joe Burrow is just a unique one of a kind quarterback that is that is elevating his team to over exceed expectations, in my opinion. So I think this is great. And uh, I think it's going to be very interesting the rest of the season for the Bengals. So my fifth storyline and I think this is more of just an encap- uh, just uh, encapsulation of the entire season so far is quarterback woes is what I've labeled it as. Um, where to begin? I mean, Baker Mayfield obviously was traded to the Panthers in the offseason. Uh, now he's been released upon his request and the Rams have picked him up. Um, Matthew Stafford has struggled with injuries and just even before the injuries, just the season in general. And of course, now he's out for the season due to injury. Uh, so hopefully he gets better and comes back. I mean, he's, I think he's got a lot left in the tank, but Stafford did not look great for a majority of the season. From what Drew had mentioned, he looked old. He looked like that, that uh, his passes weren't just getting there as they used to. And maybe that's part of the elbow injury and, or, you know, his body just breaking down from all the hits that he's taken over his career, but he did not look great. Matt Ryan for the Colts has been absolutely terrible. He's had a couple of games where he has thrown for high high yardage, like 300 plus. I think he's had one 400-yard game. But for the most part, he looks old. He looks like he his timing is off. He doesn't look like uh, the Matt Ryan of, of the Falcons again. Uh, you know, no surprise. Um, another huge disappointment, and I think everyone can agree with this, is Russell Wilson just being an absolute huge disappointment uh, for the Denver Broncos. <laughs> Shout out to Nick, uh, a.k.a. Xbox Dad 559. I am certain that he is extremely, and when I say extremely, I mean extremely frustrated with Wilson, Nathaniel Hackett, And if I bet you anything right now that if I had him on the show and I was asking him these questions, he would probably say, start from scratch, get rid of Wilson, which by the way, you can't, (laughs) you owe him a lot of money, (laughs) Uh, get rid of Wilson, get rid of Hackett and start over. I bet that he is missing Drew Locke right now. I bet he is missing whatever coach that you want to say, because last season, I believe they finished at what was it an eight and nine record seven and 10 record or, or whatnot. So they looked okay. Um, not the greatest Looked like, of course they were a quarterback away. Now you add Russell Wilson into this mix with the Broncos and they look like they are everything away from being a contender. Uh, you know, I remember when the Russell Wilson trade and again, I fell into this trap. I thought that this was a great trade for them. I liked the weapons that the Broncos had. I liked Wilson, I had no idea what hack it was, but I figured, oh, you have Wilson and weapons. You just design an offense around that. And, you know, I feel like it'd be really good. I really felt like the Broncos were going to compete in the AFC West and potentially be a a sleeper team for just AFC in general. 
And uh, no, they looked like they look like one of the worst teams in all of football. And that's really low considering just a few weeks ago, I was screaming that the Raiders are the worst team in all of football. And somehow, some way, the Denver Broncos have eclipsed that. They are far worse. Um, I think they only scored nine points in a loss last week. Um, I think they're only averaging like 17 points per game or no, 14 points per game. And if they averaged 18 points per game, I think they would have won like an additional five or six games or what's some odd stat I just saw. And they would be like eight and three or nine and two. So it's crazy. And that, and you know, I've seen this thing going around TikTok a little bit now, which has been funny, which is Russell Wilson. Uh, you know, will he throw more touchdown passes than he has bathrooms in his home? I think right now the tally is seven touchdowns to 12 bathrooms. So the bathrooms still have it, which I, I am loving this little stat and little uh, challenge, <laughs> by the way. But uh, I mean, there's no doubt that that is a huge disappointment to have, you know, an, some would say a Hall of Fame quarterback in Russell Wilson, uh, who had a lot of success in Seattle to come to Denver and just completely flop. And we're not saying that like they have a terrible offense. I mean, we were some were arguing that the Broncos had really good weapons with Gordon Sutton, uh, Jerry Judy uh, at the time, Tim Patrick before he tore his ACL, uh, a couple of other players, but you know, young up and coming weapons that, you know, could be utilized for Wilson and, you know, the only ones that have really looked productive is Sutton. And at some points, Judy looks respectable, but Wilson looks completely what some would say washed, um, just, just completely terrible. And I think that's one of the most disappointing ones. Um, and, and to go back quickly to Matt Ryan, which is another terrible signing by the Colts now in hindsight, it's essentially the signing has cost, Frank Reich, his position. Um, and, you know, some said earlier this offseason this was an upgrade to get Matt Ryan as opposed to Carson Wentz. And yet, Matt Ryan has not done anything to help elevate this team to be better. And Matt Ryan is looking like what Ben Roethlisberger was looking like in the last few seasons with Pittsburgh, where he looked, you can just tell, he looked old, he looked beat up, he was slower, um, you know. Just he, you know, some some post interview games, he would say he wasn't sure if he wanted to keep playing football. I'm not saying that's what Matt Ryan is saying, but this is giving me the same feeling is that Matt Ryan is just towards the end of his career. I think this is the last part of it. I'd be surprised if Matt Ryan came back after this season with any team or even the Colts. I don't think the Colts are going to renew Matt Ryan or bring him back. I think his tenure with the Colts are over as they've essentially benched him uh, once before. Um, and of course they do still have Nick Foles. I mean, if they really wanted to see what they had, I imagine Nick Foles might start next. So who knows? Um, but there's absolutely no doubt that the Matt Ryan signing was a huge disaster. And by all accounts, it should have been, it should have gone a lot better considering that, I know for me, I'll speak for myself, is I had the Colts finishing first in their division. I felt like the Matt Ryan signing was good and was it a smarter quarterback and, you know, was able to use his weapons. And no, I was completely wrong on that. And, uh, you know, just to go back to a name that I said earlier at the top of this uh, question, which would have been Baker Mayfield. So, you know, as I stated Baker Mayfield, you know, was traded from uh, Cleveland to the Panthers 
had a really underwhelming uh, few starts to the season. Got injured, also then got benched. Um, now he requested a release from the Panthers. The Rams have picked him up off of waivers. In my opinion, I'd like that the Rams have picked him up, not for the Rams, but for Baker. And, uh, you know, I don't think there was a better situation that Baker could have landed. I know that there were some some reports that, you know, maybe Baker would have gone to the Niners, which I don't think I don't think that would have worked out, to be honest. I don't they don't need somebody like Baker Mayfield, who's, you know, going to maybe be fighting for uh, quarterback position within that. I mean, they already have Trey Lance, who I know he's injured this season. So we're really talking about this season, but. I don't know if the 49ers would have wanted to put Baker into the fold in this season and expect any success out of it. I don't think, I think if you pick up Baker Mayfield at this point, you're more or less picking him up for future investment to see like if there's anything left just because you're picking him up because he was a former number one pick. And I think time and time again, the NFL has showed that your draft position does buy you extra opportunities if you screw them up. And this is, I think, one prime example of it. Um, but to the bigger point, I think that for Baker, this is probably the best case scenario that he could have ended up. Um, Sean McVay is, by all accounts, uh, you know, and a Super Bowl winning quarterback, a Super Bowl winning coach to boot, uh, is probably the best situation that Baker could have ended up with to learn an offense, to get into a team that has a positive team culture. Now, granted, they're going through a lot of injury, but at no point do I think that they're imploding or fighting against themselves. I think that this is a well-run organization. I think that they have some smart people in the building, and I think that they have some people that could really hold Baker Mayfield accountable. If Baker Mayfield is open and he's coachable, I think that this will really help mature him. I think I think Baker Mayfield will now start to see that he's he needs to accept more of a backup role, and I think he can be a respectable backup. You know, how often can you call upon him? That's another discussion, probably for another day. But I think if there's one franchise that he could have ended up with to potentially help him, um, to potentially help him improve, self-reflect, hold himself accountable. Um, you know, be a better football player, maybe even a better teammate. I think the 14, I think, excuse me, the LA Rams are probably the best bet for that. And honestly, too, this is probably Baker's last opportunity. If he does not work out for the Rams, Baker Mayfield probably doesn't have a team next season. And the only time he gets a phone call is due to an injury and, you know, how quickly Baker Mayfield um, will get another opportunity, especially with how things turned so sour in Cleveland, how quickly they turned sour in uh, Carolina. Uh, you know, so, you know, hope that in LA it works out better, but you know, kind of like what, uh, what Cowherd had said and also Drew had said is he didn't think that this would work. And uh, sure enough, we're seeing it. And now at this point we can just hope that Baker Mayfield maybe can salvage his career by being a backup, accepting that role, being a respectable one and a respectable veteran and maybe growing up a little bit because I'm not sure what's going on, but I, it doesn't help that you're the number one pick and you're now on your third team in what is it? Five seasons or whatnot. And you were on three teams. Well, you were on two teams in one season, but you know, you went through a lot of off season turmoil. So we'll see how it goes for Baker Mayfield. So, Anyways, guys, that is my top five NFL storylines. Uh, leave me a comment 
or, uh, you know, let me know what you think about it. I'll probably have another couple of storylines uh, for week 14. But if you have any other uh, storylines that I didn't cover, please let me know in the comments or, uh, you know, share it with anybody that you think would want to give me their opinion on a storyline that needs to be touched on. But I felt like these were the top five storylines that were the most important right now in the NFL uh, following week 13. So give me just 30 seconds, you guys, and I will be right back. Hey everybody, it's Cody with Drew Code Sports Talk. We want to give a special shout out to SeatGeek for sponsoring our podcast. SeatGeek is a ticketing app that takes the confusion out of buying tickets. SeatGeek is known for using a 0 to 10 scale when you're purchasing tickets to let you know if you're getting a good deal or a bad deal. And it lets you know right at the time of purchase. And right now they're giving our listeners $20 off when you use our promo code DREWCODE at the time of checkout. So go to the link in the description or download the app. Don't forget to use our promo code DREWCODE to get $20 off your first order. And we hope to see you at the next game all right and we are back well i shouldn't say we i am back uh again this is a solo show uh you know drew's out for this week because of you know finals homework and moving so i am filling in you guys uh, i appreciate you guys for listening um i shouldn't have said 30 seconds i'm sure that ad that you guys listened to was probably more like 45 seconds so i appreciate you guys all for hanging out but uh Anyways, guys, uh, before I continue, though, um, please don't forget to follow us, subscribe to us on our podcast and YouTube. Please don't forget to, you know, uh, hit us up on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, uh, you know, interact with us there. Shoot us over a, a comment, say hey, and also check out DrewCodeSportsTalk.com. We have a brand new website that we just finished. It's all looking nice and pretty. Uh, I usually, when we do a live stream, I'll put the current live stream up on there. I'll put the active, um, most recent videos up there as well. And then you can also listen to the, the podcast episode on there as well. So visit us at drewcodesports.com to get more Drew Code content. So some, some exciting things happened last week. Our Fresno State Bulldogs became Mountain West champions uh, by defeating... Um, by defeating Boise State in Boise, and it was a great game. Um, the Bulldogs started off at 1-4 this season. Uh, it was really underwhelming, to say the least. Um, there was a lot of hype around the Bulldogs uh, with, you know, uh, with the uh, head coach coming in, uh, Jake Hayner returning, majority of the offense coming back. Um, and, you know, the Bulldogs had actually lost Jake Hayner, for those that don't know, to an injury against the USC game earlier this year. Uh, Hayner missed about four games um, and our backup stepped in and he did his best and did what he could to, uh, you know, hold on tight for us. But when Hayner returned, um, you know, Hayner then played uh, enough games that uh, he helped spark an eight game win streak for us. Uh and he ended up throwing 2,600 yards, 18 touchdowns, three interceptions, which was great. Passer rating of uh, 159.6 and a 73% completion percentage. Totally outstanding. And uh, this is a player that we love to shout out. But um, Jalen Moreno Cropper and Jordan Mims, they both were some standout uh, Bulldogs for us. Uh, Jalen specifically had almost 1,100 yards and I believe he had five uh, reception, uh, five receptions for touchdowns. And then Jordan Mims had over 1100 rushing yards. And I believe he uh, had want to say it was like 10 or 12 rushing touchdowns. But anyways, they were two just 
outstanding players for us that helped uh, that helped the Bulldogs basically get on their win streak, get hot, score points in a hurry, and they they did that, and they looked great. Our defense also looked really good in some spots, um, and so now the Bulldogs have an opportunity to play in the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl against Washington State, which is ironically Jake Hayner's former school where he transferred away from to get to Fresno State. So. Uh, that would be on the 17th of December, so that's a fun game to say, uh, a fun game to watch. So we'll see how they uh, how they do. But you know, super proud, super happy for the Bulldogs for persevering, showing some heart, showing some grit, showing some guts to be able to weather the storm from a terrible start, get on a really great win streak, and carry that all the way to the Mountain West Championship. And, uh, you know, ended on a high note and now we got to, got to get that bowl win too. So congratulations to the Bulldogs. Congratulations, uh, to, for the city of Fresno. That is absolutely huge. And, um, and it's, it's great. It's some great momentum and it's hopefully uh, great, you know, ammunition for, uh, the Bulldogs to get some really good recruits or transfers for, um, for next season. So, all right, guys. Well, I think that's pretty much all I have, you know, short, sweet to the point, nothing too crazy. I don't have, you know, an hour and a half long episode planned out. I really just wanted to get in here and give you guys a quick episode. If you guys want to, you know, want to add on anything to it, please let us know. If you guys are also interested in adding any topics or wanting us to ask any questions on the show, if you go to DrewCodeSportsTalk.com at the bottom of the page, you can uh, click on a link and it'll actually submit a question uh, to us. So that way we can answer it on the show or add it to a topic on the show as well. So if you guys are interested in doing that, please do so. But uh, I'm going to close this out, you guys. So um, visit FNXFit.com. Uh, it's our fitness partner that has unique supplements and high quality uh, protein powders and all that great stuff. Uh, use Drew Code 15 to get 15% off any purchase you use. Uh, they are actually doing a huge and a wonderful program. It's called the Live Program. And essentially, what it is is for every purchase you do, they are donating uh, the proceeds from each item you have ordered or purchased individually. So it's not like, you know, a lump sum, it's each item is getting a percentage given into an organization that is uh, helping get clean drinking water to countries that don't have it which is a which is a great thing uh, and so i have been really really a fan of fnx fit and they've been great partners with us for the last few years so if you're interested in helping be a part of something great like that go to fnxfit.com or you can click the link down below use our promo code drew code 15 so again you can get 15 percent off your order and again all um, part of your proceed part of the proceeds from every item in your order uh, goes into this organization that helps get clean drinking water to countries that need it so that's awesome and then also visit fnx uh, it's not FNX Fit. Just said that. Also visit fanatics.com. Uh, we have special links down below if you guys want to shop for a certain team. Uh, I think right now they have a huge holiday special, so go check that out. Um, you can use the links to get there. Uh, and again, any purchase you do helps support our show, so we'd appreciate it. And then SeatGeek is another great uh, supporter of ours. Uh, if you use the promo code DrewCode, you get $20 off your first order with any purchase of concert tickets, sporting events, uh, whatever else is in there. You just want to make sure you use it on your first order 
and don't forget to use the promo code TRUECODE um, for $20 off. So I think that's pretty much it, you guys. I'm rambling here. So next week, Drew and I will be back together, and we'll have a lot more to say. I'm sure we'll have a lot more baseball to talk about than my little 30-second blurb about uh, the Giants losing Aaron Judge, and we might even get Drew crying on the show, which I hope not because it's not very good to see you guys. I'm going to just be completely honest with you. I mean, he's my bae and all, but it's not pretty. So... <laughs> All right, you guys. And then just, again, a quick reminder, as I'm going to pester you guys to do, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Drew Code Sports Talk. Subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. And uh, we appreciate you guys so much for listening. And I, I know I do. As we close out the 2022, uh, I can't thank you guys enough for being supporters of us, listening to us, being uh, such great people to uh, feel, make us feel welcome and make us feel like that our show is in good hands with good listeners. So I appreciate you guys. I hope you guys have a good one. And until next time, we'll see you later.